The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Of uh, 3.38 on the Friday edition of 6.30 Chet Afternoons uh, with Jay Lynn. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Boy, oh boy, the uh, studio just got, uh, well, just got uh, filled up here in, in the last couple of minutes. I have uh, Brad Whisker, the former producer of this show, who is now the producer of 6.30 Chet Mornings with Chelsea and Shay. Hi, Brad. Hey. Hi. Yeah. We're still friends. Oh, of course, we're, we're still, still friends. friends. Yeah. 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 No. And I've I've kept him. Uh, I've kept him. Uh, he's going into overtime this afternoon. Of course, uh, Brendan Escott, who does sports on this show and also produces Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Pleasure to be back. And the new producer of this show. Chris Brentlinger Grant. We are still friends, yes. Yes, well, okay, yeah, good. you know I what? So. He, here's the thing. He started he started off our relationship just so you know, he he walked into to my office and said Linda Steele says you like bourbon and handed me a bottle of bourbon. Yeah, I know all of your eyes wow. just like in <laughs> Schmoozing one on one. I think that was well played. Very if well I didn't played. get the bottle of bourbon, it would get back to Linda Steele that I didn't do it, and then I'd have trouble back yeah. home at my old station. And it's such. like, who, who do you want to deal with? It Linda was me, not so. fun, though, because <laughs> liquor stores open at 10. I was at the gym in the morning, got out of the gym at 9.45, didn't think about scheduling things, so I was loitering outside the liquor depot in shorts on a Tuesday morning yeah. to hop in and buy a bottle of bourbon. It was for a good cause. Exactly. You made a good impression. I mean, I'm still counts. here. Yeah, yeah he's still who here. Yeah. <laughs> who hasn't been right there? <laughs> What's standing outside that liquor store on a Tuesday at 945? In shorts. <laughs> In shorts. Uh, just before we get to what we want to talk to you about, we wanted to talk about uh, women's tennis, uh, believe it or not, coming up. Um, and that's kind of like the, the premise of uh, what this is about. Um, roundabouts. I had, uh, just before we uh, went to break at, uh, at, at uh, 327, I had mentioned that um, I kind of abhor roundabout, uh, roundabouts in this city. I've, uh, in, in Europe when I've traveled with my dad didn't mind them and see that they, they work quite well, that they tend to keep traffic moving I will drive out of my way and Colette just texted in and said that we're our um, traffic circle sisters because she does the same thing I will not take a path to some place if there is a traffic circle you, Brad, do you like the traffic circles? Absolutely. I grew up with them in Ottawa, too, so it's just kind of no. second nature. I know how they work. I just don't like them. No, people people that use them scare the crap out of me sometimes. Well, however, thing. however, I do think that they're, they're pretty proven... Uh, effective at mitigating accidents. They're wonderful because you don't have to stop anymore, right? The alternative to a roundabout is most oftentimes a four-way stop or a two-way stop, and then you're stuck there on traffic forever, and so as long as someone isn't there, you can go right on through. If it's two-lane roundabout, that can be a little bit more scary because you could be stuck on the inside, the <laughs> circle of hell forever and ever, like that Simpsons episode. Purgatory. But, but if you know what you're doing, like, they're delightful. Mm. They're delightful. delightful. They're del- I would not use delightful as the word. Um, I, but again, I think that there's um, there's uh, some education when it comes to driving in this city. Um, there's there's uh, a lot of folks that could return for a refresher cr- course when it comes to driving. I thought the opposite. I came from Vancouver. And it's okay? That's okay. Um, oh. We were talking distracted driving earlier. Have you guys had a distracted driving ticket? No. None of not, you had no. Not yet. No. I deserve one, but I've not been ticketed. 
You deserve one. So you admit to using your phone while driving? More than I ever thought I would when I was Mr. Responsible with my new license. Really? Unfortunately. No, I'm more of a pull it out at a red light kind of guy, but that's still not okay. No. So don't do that. You can still get a ticket at that point Absolutely easily. You can. Chris throws his in the trunk when he's driving. But ironically, it turns out I do deserve a distracted driving ticket because I punch in G- GPS coordinates. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. The machine there. And Alberta's the only province yeah. in which you're not allowed to do that. So I didn't know that before yesterday when I, when I read about that. I. What's the problem with entering? Because an you're just dis- you're distracted. If you're driving while trying to enter it, you're not looking at it. It's it's kind of like really dialing. Like on my car, I have a you know, and I think a lot of the cars you have the phone pad and you can mm-hmm. dial people. It would be the same thing as that. Yeah. My other thing too is why haven't you entered it before you left? Like, you know what I mean? I mean, if I'm going somewhere, I feel like I'm leaving the house. I'm already preparing <laughs> to get to this over. destination. That's the idea. But you date this back 20 years, and changing a CD was probably just as distracting as No, as no, no, no. It so wasn't? He, no, so here's the deal. Oh. We had the five CD changers in the trunk hooked up, oh. and we just hit shuffle. That's in the good old days there, Escott. That's really old days. If you, pull, if you pulled that down and you had to go through all the CDs, yeah. you were not focusing on the road no. all the time. You know, here's the a, little center console and you have about 30 yeah. CDs in there. You're looking to find your Def Leppard album to have some good cruising music. You were distracted. Here's the thing. To be honest, you know, most of the time, like, the CDs were all over the passenger seat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Uh, do you, do you yeah. Guys, did you guys ever own CDs? Oh, yeah. I still collect them, actually. That's kind of my weird niche. That's, my, that's You my collect CDs? Nostalgia. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I gave away, so I had a 200 CD changer. A 200 CD changer. And it was great. You just hit shuffle and you, you just, you go. Um, and I had them all categorized. So I took an old photo album and I put the, the covers all in there. So I knew number one was whatever. Number two was whatever. But 200 CDs in there. And then when I moved, uh, after I got divorced, moved, something happened to it. And I had 200 CDs left over. <laughs> and I got talking about it on the air because I don't have a CD changer or player anymore. Right. One of the great Ched listeners, Frank, and then someone else... They benefited from it. They're like, we'll take your CDs. I'm like, I don't have all the cases. They don't care. We want them. They showed up and they took like 100 CDs each. I said, I can't tell you. I can't promise you what's in here because it will range from some godforsaken, you know, stupid music to something really cool. Just kind of like this show, right? You guys are all just looking at me, rolling at your <laughs> this eyes. This is women's tennis right now. This is women's tennis. Yeah, we want to talk about that. Someone says, learn to drive, Nye. And this one, I, I heart traffic circles. I do the same. Will not use a route with a traffic circle. I'm not alone on this one. Uh, one of the big reasons why I brought you guys all in here um, yeah, uh, was wanted to talk about women's tennis which I th- I'm not sure has ever been talked about on this show uh, before. And a p- part of the reason why was that CBG overheard you two debating women's tennis this afternoon. It went on for about an hour. Uh, this is Brad <laughs> and Escott, which is was remarkable in itself. Um, I'm going to play something here because there is uh, so there are some folks out there, uh, the Ontario Tennis Association. So Bianca Andrescu, everyone's, you know, 
Did I? You did. Okay, got it. Um, a number of people are like, ooh, she's about to become a household name in America. That The match last night, the game last night, was pretty phenomenal. She's uh, heading to the U.S. Open, or she's at the U.S. Open to the final against Serena Williams. And people are saying she's about to become a household name in America. In Toronto, although Serena defaulted, people forget that Bianca was up 3-1 serving, so she'd already broken Serena's serve. This is going to be a fight, and both players are going to have to uh, guts it out. Serena's not going to have a walkover with this girl. Uh, so here's the thing, you guys. Um, the fact that we're talking about women's tennis, is that something? Absolutely it is. Oh, yeah, big time. Big I mean, time. do you guys watch this last night? I couldn't find it on television last night. I watched it live. I was mm-hmm. up and down on my couch, clapping my hands, yelling in my apartment. I mean... Uh, really, eh? Well, you know me quite well by now. When it comes to Canadians in sport, like, I just, I, I fall in love. And I, I, I invest myself, and I invested myself in 2014 with Jeannie Bouchard. I invested myself with Milos Raonic in, in 2016 when he made the Wimbledon final. I've invested myself in Denis Shapovalov and Felix Oje Aliassime. I just... I think these kids are, are, are making waves and they're creating the buzz for other kids to get involved in non-traditional Canadian sports. Do you actually do you believe that uh, Bianca Andrescu is going to become a household name in America, in North America? I think because she of this? is. I think she, she is, is right now. now. Right now. Really? To yeah. me, part of that is the sustained success. I mean, we saw Bouchard, who we now know was a bit of a flash in the pan, and that was five years ago. So she she didn't do enough consistently to cement herself. We're talking about back-to-back tournaments in the finals now for, uh, for Andrescu. You can't ignore her at this point, regardless of the country you're from. Is this just kind of hopping on uh, the Canadian athlete bus like we did with the Raptors? It could be, but... So far, so good, right? Two consecutive finals. And as, as, to talk about being a household name, it's not just the performance that you have on the court that makes you a household name. It's the moments that go viral, like her being told in the press conference that she cracked the top 10 mm. and her asking for the question again and then crying mm. and needing 20 seconds and sort of taking that moment in. That went absolutely viral on Twitter and everybody sees that name, says, oh, where's she from? She's from Canada. Wow, Canada, they don't have many people. Like, she's not from Serbia or Croatia, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. And so as long as she is performing this well and if she takes down Serena, the U.S. Open, everybody's going to know. I think if she takes down Serena, then then things are, then she becomes a household name. And not the way that she did it before when Serena had to to forfeit, as mentioned in Mm -hmm. that audio clip. Like, if you beat her, and I believe Serena was the last teenager to win this tournament. 1999, she was 17. This is the biggest age gap between a former champion and a contender at the U.S. Open and in women's Uh U.S. Open history. I think she's going to, I don't want to say steamroll, but I think she's going to take care of Serena easily tomorrow. It's just, I think at 37 that the wear and tear that is on her body after 20-some years of playing tennis. Have you you, seen Serena Williams' body? I have. (laughs) And she has lost her last three major final appearances Mm, against against at least as far as I can remember one teenager and two others that were in their early 20s and a lot of American pundits are already saying that Serena likely thinks that this could be an easy could be a easy go but from what I've read they're all saying 
a lot of them are saying that Andreescu is going to win this in straight sets. Gina Bouchard, as you said, kind of uh, had that uh, that rise and then kind of has has disappeared, mm-hmm. um, which you know probably. That's kind of fair to... Oh, yeah. She's like a reincarnation of Anna Kornikova. Right. Remember that? I mean, the the fact that we're... I, I love the fact that we are actually sitting here talking about women's sport because I think um, oftentimes uh, women's sport does well. Uh, it doesn't. It just doesn't get the attention that that men's sport does, and and for uh, a, a huge number of, of reasons. We've had conversations on this show uh, in the past. It was the Canadian women's uh, hockey uh, that wanted, you know, wanted the same amount of funding, all of that sort of stuff. When you have someone like this, when you have someone like um, Bianca and rescue doing what she's doing at this level what does it do for women's sport in general look no further in my opinion than what we're watching in the nba right now and what happened with vince carter they they finally got a superstar north of the border playing basketball and suddenly if everybody had showed up to play canadian basketball you're talking about a powerhouse i believe canada has the most players in the NBA outside of America Mm. because of one person. So to me, the most exciting part about this, especially if this run of success is um, sustained for Andrescu, is 10 10 years from now, you're going to have a bunch of girls who are also very good at tennis because not only is she a a role model on the court, but like Chris said, in in her media appearances, she is a very likable human being. So that should inspire a whole new crop. And last night too, when she finally won, You could read her lips, and she was smiling from ear to ear, and she said, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then in a flash, she went straight-faced because she knew that she's not done. And she she was ecstatic, Mm. and it was a big moment for her, but she's a competitor, and she knows that one more There's step. one more to go here. You, This looks good. The optics look good. You've done very well. You're 44 and 4 this year wow. <laughs> playing tennis. You're having a fantastic run. But if you want to reach that that next level and become considered one of the best currently playing, you need to win this tomorrow. Chris, your thoughts on what this does for women's sport? We've seen it in the U.S. where an excellent women's soccer team carries forward. Same thing as... The Canadian women's mm-hmm. soccer team, all it takes is, you know, an Olympic cycle or two or three years. All those kids born in Canada during the Vince Carter years are now in the NBA <laughs> 18, 19 years later. Well, look at, you know, look what happened during the playoff run. And we talked to, you know, the local basketball club saying that the lineup or, you know, the, the, the waiting list for kids to get into basketball is, you know, it was super huge, super long. My daughter-in-law, who just <laughs> had a baby two and a half weeks ago, she's like, I want to learn how to play tennis. Yeah, and on uh, on Monday on 6.30 Ched Mornings, we're going to talk to somebody with the Edmonton Junior Tennis Society ah, just to, exactly about that. Just to, what, I, what I'm what i going to call the Andrescu effect because, and it's exact, it's similar to what you okay. mentioned and I remember you having that conversation and I forget the gentleman's name, but he said yes. I mean, all these kids are staying up late. Yeah. They're watching every night. They want to be the next Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard. I'm, I'm still just not sure that the excitement is there for her uh, like it was for the Raptors, or is, is that even comparable? Well, if she wins, then let's talk next tournament because I'm sure it certainly okay. will be there. If she's in the quarterfinals, semifinals, let's win this one first, knock on wood, and we'll, we'll check back later because it hasn't actually officially happened yet. Brad, Brendan, Chris, thanks for this. We'll take a break here. We'll hear from and rescue after that win coming up. I, 
you know, as some of your texts coming in, uh, just some of you are, are big tennis fans. I know Jack Michaels is a huge tennis fan. Uh, yeah, he loves it. I watched that um, last match between, uh, was it Ronick and, uh, uh, or no, was it Djokovic and Federer? I can't remember. Someone, you know which one. The, the, it just happened uh, a little while ago. And I, I, I got into it. it. It sounded, it was from Jack's tweets, actually. He was just like, oh, I can't believe this this game or match, whatever it is, whatever you call it. And um, and so I turned it on and I watched it and I got into it. And my husband was explaining tennis to me because, to be honest with you, I, I played it when I was a kid in, in school years back, but I haven't watched it. And actually really quite uh, enjoyed it. So uh, Bianca Andrescu, um, uh, as she heads to the final of the U.S. Open, this was her after her win last night. From qualifying last year, losing, to being in the finals in your first main draw. How has this happened? me that because I wouldn't know what to say. I think it's just all the hard work that I've been putting throughout the years. If someone told me a year ago that I'd be in the finals of the U.S. Open this year, I'd tell them you're crazy. I would have told them the same thing. I don't think I'd heard of you almost a year ago. Yeah, there you go. So again, uh, Bianca Andrescu will be facing off against the legend Serena Williams at the U.S. Open in the final on Saturday. Uh, so we'll be uh, watching that and, and talking about that through the weekend.